Hello and welcome to Table Topics, the general advice and discussion podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is Table Topics number 67, Roll 20, and the Update of Holding. In this episode, Caleb and I sit across the virtual table with Nolan Jones, who's one of the three founding members of Roll 20, and we discuss their upcoming update of holding and some of the changes that it will bring. I do want to mention quickly that after Nolan had jumped off of our hangout, we realized that we had a question that came in through Twitter that we didn't see during the interview, and I sent a quick note to Nolan. He was actually able to jump back on, but something happened with the audio, and when he got back on the uh, back on the hangout with us, it was a weird reverb echo that came across the uh, recording, so I wasn't able to use it. But essentially, what was asked was about Mac support for the video chat functionality of Roll20, and I'm going to put some links in the show note. Uh, basically, TalkBox is who handles that. Uh, I use a Mac myself when we use Roll20, and I haven't had nearly as many problems recently as I had in the past. But I also use Google Chrome as my browser uh, only for Roll20, and that seems to have uh, solved it. So if you had a similar issue, I would suggest going back, trying to use uh, Google Chrome as your browser for Roll20, and that probably will solve it. And then lastly, uh, just another reminder to please stick around for the whole episode. It's a little bit longer than normal, but uh, we had several iTunes reviews to read that we do at the end. And we also make some, what we, for us, will be pretty big announcements about things that we are doing differently for 2015 as well as to sort of say some thank yous to everyone uh, for the year of 2040. So here you go. Here is Table Topics number 67, Roll20 and the Update of Holding. This is Michael, and welcome back to Table Topics. I have brought along with me, as I often do, my favorite co-host and yours, the Caleb G. Caleb, how are you doing tonight, sir? Good, Michael. How are you doing tonight? I am doing very well as well. First off, before we get into tonight's exciting episode, I want to give a shout out to our newest patron, uh, Simon Z, has uh, joined the Patreon campaign, and he's donated some coin to our cause. Woo-hoo! So thank you very much, Simon. Thanks, Simon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you much. And I want to just uh, encourage everyone to stick around to the end of tonight's episode. We have some new iTunes reviews that we're going to read. And we also have some exciting announcements for January 2015 and the next year for the RPG Academy. Ooh, foreshadowing. (laughs) Exactly. Caleb and I use these table topics to give some advice, uh, things that uh, we've gleaned from our many years of playing RPGs. And we know that not all the advice we give or the opinions we give are going to fit every situation, every time, every table. But there is one piece of advice that we try to encourage that we think is pretty universal. And Caleb, what is that piece of advice? Fuck almonds. <laughs> that is not correct. That is absolutely well, that is, correct. That, that, that is correct, but that's not the piece of advice we're talking about. Uh, I believe you're probably going for our RPG Academy catchphrase, which is something about having fun and doing it right and inner tubes. I don't know. R- why don't you remind our listeners... If you're having fun, you're doing it right. There you go. Right right from the words who of the man who invented it. That is, well, I don't think I invented that phrase. I just stole it for my own use like any good entrepreneur. Uh, but, so no matter what system you, you use or what edition uh, or what rules you use, don't use, or misuse, as long as you're having fun, then you're playing the game correct. 
All right, Caleb, we're going to start as we now like to do with Gamer's Lexicon. And Gamer's Lexicon is our feature where we talk about an idea, a concept, a phrase, or a term that is related to tabletop RPGs in some way. Caleb, what is our Gamer's Lexicon term for today? Uh, Michael, our term today is Virtual Tabletop. Virtual Tabletop, or VTT, for those of you down with the slang. So, Caleb, how would you explain or describe a virtual tabletop to someone that has no idea what it is? A virtual tabletop is some sort of computer program or software suite that allows players who are not in the same room, the same physical location, to still play a role-playing game together. Excellent. So it's like an, basically like a web browser, an app that sort of connects everybody together, some with video voice chat, some just with text, and allows you to play role-playing games at a virtual table top. Exactly. Uh, a lot of them <laughs> uh, give you video feed so you can stream and look at everybody in real time. The most common ones out there at least give you a map or a grid function so you guys can move uh, virtual tokens and pieces around. Some of the really impressive ones let you map out an entire world, an entire dungeon, whatever you want with things called dynamic lighting where you can reveal rooms as you go as opposed to drawing out the whole map and just asking people, hey guys, don't pay attention to the dragon over there. You're only in this room, that kind of thing. A lot of them give you the ability to upload character sheets and make rolls of the dice virtually, either on a dice roller or through what we call macros, which are a, a little computer program you make to click a button and do a thing. Uh, most of them give you a chat function so you can talk to everybody at the table. And most of them also give you what they call a, maybe a whisper function or a note passing function so that you can just talk to one person secretly like you would at a table where you pass a note to the GM or the GM passes a note to you about that, that stealth check that you failed so horribly. <laughs> or the ninja I... that snuck off the roof to punch you in the face. <laughs> In the face! You I just listened to that ass. episode today. Oh, you make, that was awesome. You make me cry so hard. Yes, and it gets worse, folks. It gets much worse. Uh. But So the most popular or most well-used virtual tabletop, at least as far as I can tell, would be Roll20. And speaking of Roll20, we have on our program tonight Nolan Jones, one of the three co-founders of Roll20. What a segue. And he is joining us again tonight to talk about their newest update, the update of holding. Nolan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Uh, you, it was awesome to have you on last time. I think it was back in May, and uh, and I had just started to kind of fiddle around with Roll20. I really wasn't comfortable with it yet and just kind of getting into it. Um, and as I mentioned before we started, I'm now running four games over Roll20. I play in a fifth game, and we're about to start a sixth. <laughs> That's more games than I'm running in Roll20. That's a lot of Roll20. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, uh, it is a fantastic system, and I still don't use probably even half of the options that are available. It's just a way for us to work with our patrons. I, I think that's one of those things, though, that gets over. Uh, people are overly worried about not using all the features because it really exists to to do what you need and what you want. I mean, for the longest time, we swore that we were never going to do character sheets because it wasn't what we <laughs> It's like, well, hold your own character sheet. And put in, you know, there's probably only three macros you actually use from it. So put those in. <laughs> because, you know, we, who needs to bother with all of that? But you know, 
as more and more people came to us and said, we would really use it if you put in character seeds. It's fine. We'll do it. <laughs> so, you know, use use what you want from the system. I think that's one of the things that's uh, that's nice about it. I mean, I know people that still physically roll their dice uh, on camera as opposed to using the dice rolling system, and I don't think there's a, anything wrong with that. I think it's cool in a lot of ways to to use that. But yeah, I, I think too it'll it'll play into where we're going next really well. That you know. That, oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, that, that is a great segue, but I will say, again, back back in May, you guys had just reached uh, half a million users, I believe, which had allowed you guys to start doing this full-time, which, again, is awesome. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the dream Caleb and I are trying to live, is we want to find a way to make this our, our passion into our careers. We haven't figured it out yet. And I was actually joking with someone last night that even if I could go back in time, like five years and go, I'm going to invent Roll20. I have no idea how how, yeah. how that would even work. So congratulations again. You guys just passed 700,000 yeah, users, I believe. Yeah, week, 700,000 users. So That was, is incredible, it, it just, sir. Just, you know, it, I could never have predicted Roll20 success. I could have said that Riley, uh, Dutton, Richard Zayas, and I were going to do something cool one of these days because uh, we tried enough different projects and things that, you know, we'd screwed up enough times that we were bound to get it right uh, <laughs> one of these days, but I didn't know how friggin' right uh, we would wind up getting it once we got it right. So yeah, it's been it's been a really cool thing to be uh, working on this full time the majority of this year. It's just been insane. Well, as as we kind of alluded to, uh, we are going to talk about the newest update, uh, which is the update of holding. And for those of you who might be unaware, Nolan, hit us with the with the the bullet points here. What's what's changing? What's getting better? Uh, this is our quarter one update for 2015. We haven't announced what the exact launch date is going to be, and there's still a few things that are happening in it that we have not announced yet. So it's you know seeing how much all we can take on to squeeze into this. But the main thing, the thing that people are going to be most excited about, is definitely iPad and Android support as new applications. So there will be a Roll24 iPad and Roll24 Android, and we are also looking at maybe doing it for uh, Surface products as well. But these will be apps that are standalone and you know optimized for tablets in a way that previously, while you could use Roll20 mobily, uh, this is going to be a, a new, a really good second screen experience is uh, what I think a lot of users will end up using for. It's, it's going to focus mostly on the elements of character sheets, dice rolling, handouts, the sort of thing that if you're sitting back at a table, you don't want to have to lean forward to do is how I view it. So that'll be really great for in-person gaming as well as if you were playing online via Roll20 over the web that you could sit back and be have your character sheet up, be rolling from there, be passing notes from there, be doing chat from there. And so it's it's going to have a lot of functionality that plays really, really nicely in person as well as online, which is new for us. To actually be optimizing in some ways for in person is, is some exciting new territory. Beyond that, the other thing that we've announced that's really big is that we will be doing a compendium uh, that's going to take advantage of open gaming license information. So the, the Pathfinder and 3.5 information that's out there that is usable legally in these sorts of uh, compendium-style applications that, that we've seen previously. So that's uh, that's something that we're really excited to get into as well because it's it'll be nice to have more things in one place that are easily accessible. So those are the two big bullet points that are out there and announced so far. 
Caleb, do you have any uh, specific questions about those things? Wow, yeah, absolutely. Right off the bat, first off, that's awesome news. (laughs) Hearing those catchwords of app and tablet makes everybody happy. Um, yeah, well, I, I think too beyond the just the, the catchwords, like I, I'm excited for the second screen experience just in and of itself. Like outside of that, like I I think it's it's going to be fun to do this in a different way than we've done it thus far. And I think it's the right time. But I, I can definitely think of some potentials already. Going backwards a quick second, I just gotta say I, I really admire the fact that you guys are obviously gamers at heart, you love the hobby, and you even said in our introduction a little bit ago, you listen to the fans, and you do what the fans want, what they need, what they request. You're not just company up on the mountain handing down their product. You're right there with everybody else. So I, We would have failed a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, the, the thing is, like, the program would not exist if we hadn't wanted to play. Like, that's, that is the honest truth. It was a program for Riley, Richard, and I to play some games together before it was a Kickstarter project that, you know, it eventually snowballed into what it is today. But, sure, yeah. yeah. So as, a, as an evolution of the technology and the software that you guys have created, going into that, uh, that second screen, that second tabletop that the app will provide for you, I feel is pretty natural. It's, yeah. it's, it's the way the game is evolving. Is the app going to give us the same basically the same video capabilities that Roll20 does right now? No. It, so okay. it's not going to be focused on any of the uh, the video chat elements. And it, that's the sort of thing that I think it will work. If you're wanting to use this long distance, it really is more of a second screen experience if you're going to have voice and video, if you're really going to be using the, the map elements of it. It's optimized for an in-person experience in that regard. Uh, which makes sense. Like, if Roll20 is the virtual tabletop, then Roll20 for iPad, Roll20 for Android is going to be an auxiliary to that that gives you a bunch of the things that you like about Roll20 in a tablet form, which, you know, it's great for those who are already using it in person in terms of speeding it up, but the, for those of us who are doing it online, trying to, to force in the video right off the bat and figure out how to do that screen real estate-wise when our first priority is really to make the screen real estate sing for character sheets, it's not great fit out of the gate. And that's one of those things, you know, maybe one of these days, but yeah, the focus right now is very much on how do we get character sheets to look? How do we make dice rolling feel better? How do we uh, sneakily pass notes around the table in a way that's you know, a little bit different than, uh, than what you've seen previously? So one thing I wanted to ask there, because currently there is already a mobile uh, functionality it, it is at a, the, the cost you do have to pay for that mm-hmm. service so you can currently get the video voice chat through the tablets but that's so that's not this wider this is a separate Correct. project yeah this okay. is this is definitely something that is and so in, in trying to to limit that confusion and that's a lot of what as the company has grown it's interesting like the reason that we do named updates now is that it helps us confusion-wise with educating the community. Because what happens is, is that there's so many people out there in so many different places. If you think about how you digest information, maybe you like it in an email update from your favorite company. Maybe you're following them on Twitter really actively. Maybe you're a Facebook guy. But you're not all of those things for all of the companies that you're paying attention to. And so what a named update does is it gives us the opportunity to go, okay, here's what's coming. Now it's out. Here's what came out. 
And so in that regard, the update of holding, what it contains in it, is <laughs> this application that we've got to be very clear in education. This is what <laughs> this is what it is. So by calling it, you know, Rule 20 for iPad, Rule 20 for Android, it's a really conscientious effort on our part to make certain that, you know, if somebody's going to stumble across this in the App Store for the first, absolutely no idea what Rule 20 is, what it can do, and and where it's been, and we've got to be ready for that person and to help guide them through so they can figure out, okay, how do I use this tool to my advantage? And so it, the the plan is for these applications to be something that is using, you know, Roll20.net, the web application, as we are used to in the in kind of the background, but these are optimized. I mean, this is the reason that we haven't done tablet applications in the past, is that we really wanted to make certain that if and when we did something like this, there was a reason to do it. And so the mobile support has been browser-based. You know, you're, you're browser-based on a tablet, so there was some extra work on our part to make certain that the things there touchscreen-wise worked properly, but this is definitely something new, uh, which has a whole new process to it. But at the same time, it's paying off so far in terms of what we've seen in our testing, and we're really excited to open up the testing of that here in the next week or so uh, with some of the mentor backers. Cool. So from what we're gathering here, uh, the the new app being that uh, that second screen, that tabletop uh, assist, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hearing you talk about character sheet accessibility, maps, and note passing. More note passing than map, and maps would okay. be something that it's it's going to be. So if you were playing in the web application, that's where your maps are going to be. Uh, think gotcha. of this as more the. This is very, in many ways, optimized towards the player. So what are you as a player going to be holding on to? You know, you're going to want to have a hands on your character sheet and your dice bag if you're leaning back at the table. And so it's it's very focused around those sorts of ideas for what it's going to be geared at. And it, it's the sort of thing like you could very easily have somebody with you know, either the mobile version on a tablet up, uh, not the app, but the mobile version up, or you could have you know, a laptop or whatever if you're seeking to use us for that element. But, I mean, there are already people that are using our character sheets and stuff like that with a, a completely in-person physical game. And so this is this is figuring out, you know, what the straddle line is that works best for you and your game. So um, so let's say we're playing a game right now. I'm using my laptop. I, I'm, I have, I'm in a campaign, and both of you are using the, the, the application. It, can you roll dice through your application yes. and I see it in the campaign Correct. just like if you were – okay. Uh-huh. So it's almost like – it's basically it's like a character sheet app in a lot of ways. Yeah. It allows you to manage your characters, roll the dice, use the macros, and it will still show up in and my I, campaign. I think the, the naming was definitely purposeful towards the – these are the things that you hold. You hold your dice, <laughs> you hold your character sheet, and so that is what we are updating and doing with these apps. It's the it's those elements that are going to be the the in hand in person and online. So in person, you know, it, whether it's the only screen that's there because you aren't really using Roll Twenty, it'll work for you in terms of having your character sheet data up. In terms of saving that stuff, I mean, how convenient is it to have a character? I know in my own fourth edition in-person games, there came a point where I was using Roll20 for a lot of my character stuff to keep track of it because the rolls get so obnoxious in terms of I'm adding your flanking damage and the yeah, all the <laughs> all that fun stuff. So to have that sort of power in a in a form that it's optimized for, it's 
going to be convenient for that in-person play. But at the same time, if I'm playing online and I want the screen to just be the map and everyone's pretty faces and I don't want to have to be trying to figure out where do I put my character sheet and I don't want to have to find my mouse every time I'm rolling, it'll all be right there in my hands. So with using the app, is it going to have a uh, basically a similar kind of load-in screen like we see on Roll20 where you can log into a certain campaign that you're part of? It's more focused around the character sheet from the outset. As far as how the docking process goes, I've only loaded up in a campaign where it was prepared in advance, so I don't know exactly what we're doing yet as far as that initial dock. I know that it works when I've got you know, the specific campaign that I'm going into, but as far as what that first UI is uh, when it hops up, I don't think we've even got all the decisions on that made yet. But, uh, but essentially, nitty-gritty aside, mm-hmm. when I use the app, I'm going to pull it up, I'm going to have my character sheet there, mm-hmm. and it's going to link into yes. my it fellow be, gamers, yeah. whether I'm physically with them or whether we're on roll. Correct. It, it will be... Uh, our intention is to have it linked to a game. Uh, the same way if you did something currently with the character vault, it's going to be linked back to you of having had a game open at some point to create and use that character, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does, absolutely. Now, with these uh, these new applications, like currently you can be a Roll20 user for free. Mm-hmm. There is a subscription-based model where you get additional resources and you know dynamic lighting and such. Are these apps going to be free, or are they going to be a paid one-time or subscription? That's the plan. No, the, the, the plan is that the application is going to be something free, and, and same as we do currently, we're going to try to have reasons for you to be interested in subscribing, but at the, at the same time without causing major hamstringing to your ability. And I, I think that we've done a really... I'm, I'm stupid proud of how nicely we've walked that line so far, because it's not a, oh, you've, you put in 10 hours, screw you, pay me money now, otherwise the site becomes you know, unusable. It, instead, it's a, this is really usable, I'm on here all the time, here are five or six things that would make this cooler or a little bit better for me, and so I've got a reason that I want to do it as opposed to, you know, you're, the, the company's holding a gun to my head and saying, you got to do this, otherwise this is going to be terrible. And so that is, that is still the philosophy, and it's worked so far, and so we're hopeful to, you know, keep on repeating that with everything we do. Well, it's definitely nice to hear you say that, Nolan. Like we, we've talked about a zillion times already, you guys are obviously doing this for the fans. Well, it, it, I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things that, that we're, we're users too is, is really what it comes down to. And so because of that, I don't know, we, we look at it very utilitarian and, you know, how do, what would matter to us, what, uh, what's going to carry weight and, you know, it, it, like I said, it's working so far at one of those things that as long as we can keep it working, uh, we'll keep on going at it from the angles that feel right to us. So with these, the new update being very basically like a virtual character sheet in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. the other side of the update, as you mentioned, the compendium, um, is there going to be cross-functionality, like almost like a hyperlink? Yeah. And so uh, thus far, we've I've gotten to play with it a little bit, uh, the, the first versions of it, and it's very... You know, you call up your fireball, and you've got the text there, and it, whatever the uh, the SRD style content is, it's linked in for you in a way that's really fast to access and get moving. You know, it, to to put in something like that, 
And especially with as long as we have not done that thus far, it's something where a, a lot of things, like, people, it, it's interesting to see folks come to us with suggestions and be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if that, and us be like, well, yeah, like, it would be cool, <laughs> but there are only so many hours in the day to make these things happen. And we're sitting there all the time, like, yelling at each other about, this is what I think is coolest, and well, this is what I think is coolest. And so when it finally gets to the point that we're able to do something, uh, it's because it's you know the, the right time, right place, we finally got an idea on how we could do it the best possible way. And so this was one of those things where it was like, okay, as we start doing more with keeping track of campaigns and more with um, helping people build out those pages so it's a better... You know, there's so many people do so many things with the campaign forums that were far beyond what we ever imagined they would be doing with them. And as we started to figure out, okay, this sort of natural growth is happening, it made sense to go, if we're going to figure out supporting the user growth in, in their campaign, you know, displaying in that way, let's also figure that out for the things that we can... the games that we can legally go and take those elements and put them there for everybody to distribute and everybody to utilize in the application in a really smooth way. So you mentioned Pathfinder. Um, are there any other games, systems? like 3.5 is the, yeah. And, I mean, any any of the other ones that you're aware of that have an open license like that that we could utilize, the conversations are happening, but we know that those are the two that we're leading off with. Will there be any ability for a user to edit their their own personal niche of that, or is it all community, everybody gets the same stuff? At this point, I, I think we'll be rolling out of the gate with standardized, but the ability to homebrew is something that um, we know there's going to be an interest in. And so it's figuring out how that works, and that might be one of the things that ends up being a supporter-style feature. Okay, so like in my world of Fireball's D8s instead of D6s, I can... Right. Put that in there, then it's always there when I need it. And that's a, that's the sort of thing, like, we don't know exactly how that's going to work in terms of custom stuff, but one conversation that I know has had uh, that has happened is maybe that'll end up being what some of the supporter-style features are, is that you can go and really customize and make completely your own world of what is given out to you. But that's one of those things that we don't... That's not a for certain how it's going to land, but we're definitely having the conversation with the realization that people are going to want that. And it, well, and Roll20, in a large part, what has made us successful is the fact that we're so agnostic about things uh, that it does a lot. Like, I don't know two people that play Monopoly the same way if you go over to somebody's house. And so role-playing games are that times a billion. Everybody has house rules. And that's why when you see uh, companies that have done their own internal virtual tabletops, there have been issues and people going, well, this is how I do a crit, or this is how I do that. And by being completely you know, loose and unbaked in that sense, it's helped us a lot, and we will want to keep on. Uh, again, it, it really comes back to core philosophies, and that is definitely one of them, to the, the ability to homebrew. Well, I think that's really, really important. I mean, as, essentially what you, are, what you guys have crafted and are continuing to refine is just a, a way to put uh, the kitchen table and the character sheet and the dice and the giant pile of books that surrounds the gaming table all in one smaller, convenient, virtual space. Sure. So a- expanding to the compendiums, the open gaming stuff, the putting all of this content at 
the user fingertips is really just brilliant. It, it's it's what everyone wants. It's what people need. And uh, <laughs> uh, according to Michael, eventually that will take us into the holodeck. So one of these days. Honestly, I, I <laughs> I've actually said uh, this before, half jokingly, but like I think Roll Twenty's existence is until that holodeck type thing, like until technology gets to the point where this sort of sharing is more common over the internet, just period. Because really what we've done is uh, with Roll20 is try to get out of the way of that. You know, so many applications throw so much at you up front, and instead we try to go, what's the most bare bones, simple, you know, <laughs> you don't have to download anything, everything is shared really easily between the players, all that sort of stuff as fast and as simply as possible. And one of these days, I, I, I really feel like the end of Roll20 is the day when somebody just figures that out for everything in terms of that long-distance sharing. But in the meantime, uh, yeah, that sort of streamlined that we've got down is what works. Well, it, it's funny that you say you want to... You, you kind of design it to be that bare-bones, as simple as possible interface, which it absolutely is. It's clean, it's easy to use, but you've put so many tools in there. It's such a powerful application. But you're right, it is absolutely simple and clean, Half the time when we're running one of our games for our patrons or just playing around with how we do stuff in a trial, I kind of forget that, oh, wait, I can do this in Roll20. It's there. I just have to go grab it. <laughs> yeah. and I think that that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, I, I think there will always be things that we can prove, improve in reminding you and the going to get. Like, if it's, if it's less of a chance of you forgetting and it's easier to, you don't even have to go get, it comes to you. <laughs> like, that's the best case scenario in this. But not being in the way of games is so much more important to that. You know, it, allowing you uh, to make it as clean, as theater of the mind, as whatever it is that you and your game need. <laughs> that's why people keep on sharing this. That's why we get a thousand new users a day. It's because we're out of the way of people to invite in others and keep playing. I uh, I spend probably more time than I should on Reddit these days, mm -hmm. and um, I, I'm on several subreddits. You know, RPG, D and D, D and D Next, Fate, and I don't think there's been a day that has gone by that someone hasn't asked, "How do I find a group?" I live in BFE. Yeah. No one wants to play, and somebody, and sometimes it's me. If no one else has beat me to it, will say. Have you tried Roll Twenty? It is it is becoming the default. I can't find a game. There's your solution option. Which on the is table. so cool. Like, uh, and it, it's it's been cool to see the progression in our population. From uh, when we started off, we'd get emails from people. Oh, thank you. My group hasn't played together in ten years, and this has reunited us. And that audience has like halved over time to the people coming in, because the other half is now saying, "I'm trying this for the first time." Um, I want to get into role-playing. I've heard about it. I've seen some things with it. What do I do? And it's been so much fun to be part of, you know, spreading the hobby in that way. Uh, and I, I think that there's so much potential to do so much more there as time goes on. But it's, it's figuring out all these things that we weren't necessarily getting into this. Like, one of the biggest challenges we have right now is looking for group stuff that we know that we need to improve our looking for group features, make them simpler, um, help people get in games with each other, and make hardier gaming groups, too. That's a really big thing that 
the number one reason a subscription is canceled with Roll20, because um, there's a small exit survey if you cancel the subscription. The number one reason isn't something that's wrong with the interface. It isn't that it's uh, the money is too much. It's my group has paused or my group fell apart. And so it's in our best interest to make certain that groups are you know, strong groups that last and play a long time because that means you know people are using the interface. And so we've got to become in some ways, the I, I refer to it as the match.com of role-playing groups. So we've got to, you know, get you with your absolute perfect, you know, heavenly match for, for gameplay. And so that's something right now that's big conversation for us is trying to figure out the things that we can do and looking for group to help that. So uh, it's flattering that the, you know, the conversation out there going on is go check out Roll20. Um, but on our end, we want to make certain that when they come and check out Roll20, we're getting them into the best damn group possible uh, straight off the bat. So one probably I said the only true I don't, I don't even say complaint but the the biggest uh, thing that I hear that's negative is the r- ratio of DMs to players. Sure. So that might be something to consider a way to incentivize DMs, which would also work with that people who want to try it for the same time. Maybe as a way to offset subscription, like you agree to DM so many games a week. And and that's the sort of thing that there's been. Kind of, I even had at one point. Uh, a publisher talking with us about an interest of like, well, what if we provided, because uh, they're, a, they're a smaller publisher, like what if we paid and provided GMs for our game to make certain that people were playing it and enter, like there's a, there's a lot of really interesting ideas that are kicking around as far as what we could, I mean, I've, I know there's some conversations about, well, is there some sort of buy-in that we could guarantee that people show up for games so there's not that sort of thing that, uh, that leaves people out there stranded, uh, what can we do to better educate? Uh, you know, GM Academy being a group that's come up within Roll20 of these guys who are very interested in in that sort of uh, helping people GM for the first time in addition to things like what you guys do out there talking about the best ways to, um, to make it happen. And the more we can standardize and help people, you know, whether it's videos, which we've done some of, whether it's uh, leading people through the app for the first time, and especially now that we'll be doing some stuff where we're actually using some rules, whatever we've got there available to help do a little bit of hand-holding. But I think that there will always be something of a plight of, you know, is it fun to put in all that work as a GM? But at the same time, if we do things like, you know, more modules where it's very simple uh, to hop in and have it all set up for you and take down some of that work. I think that'll increase the number of GMs, or even games that aren't GM specific. Like, have, have either of you played uh, The Quiet Year? I have not. Not so the, Quiet, uh, the The Quiet Year is a game. Um, we're actually uh, lucky enough to carry it on our marketplace. It's one of my favorite indie games recently, and essentially, it's this. It, it's really loose. There's 52 cards in the deck, and the 52 cards you know, represent weeks of the year. And so it's this post-apocalyptic, like, something bad is coming. And you define kind of what that bad is, and as a society, deal with what that something bad. Like, it's a, you're building a map together. You're not characters, but you take on parts of it. So I, I can say, you know, the, the folks on Moss Street feel this way. 
And so you build the society and you come to arguments and disagreements as a group in which ways the society goes and as you kind of march towards your ruin together. And it's the most crazy social experience. <laughs> like, when you play this game for the first time with a group of people, you're, you get to the end of it, you're just like, what just happened? <laughs> like, I don't understand <laughs> how any of this... Like, we started off with a blank piece of paper and now we have this whole incredible... The first game I played... Um, we became a robot society that was waiting for the return of the robot messiah, which may or may not be the robot antichrist. And, like, just absolutely, I, I have no idea how we got to that point. From Like, that's nowhere <laughs> in the rules. And that's what's so great about this. And it, it doesn't require a GM, that everybody is pulling from the same cards and doing this together. But it's absolutely, like, it's not just a board game. It's absolutely a role-playing experience. It's absolutely something where you have that sort of collaborative world building together. Uh, but it plays in a single night, and, you know, it, it floors you by the end of it. And to have more games like that, too, uh, to have, you know, independent creators out there creating these sorts of things that are these new mind-screw experiences that are unlike anything we've done before, um, I think that's somewhere where we're going to see this hobby go as well that we're going to see more and more uh, things that we have not imagined. Like, I think sometimes we forget how young this hobby is. Like, Gary Gygax died not, what, five, six years ago? Uh, 2008? So the guy who made the hobby, <laughs> like, has passed within our lives. We don't know where, where it's going to end up next. Like, it, it's going to be a very, very different thing where this ends up. And I'm excited to be part of that conversation, but <laughs> huge derail. Yeah, no, that's no, fine. So uh, kind of the last question I would have, unless you say something that triggers another one, which is entirely possible, then I'll let Caleb go again. Probably the only thing that I struggle with on Roll20 right now mm -hmm. is I want to be able to delete some of my old campaigns because like, I started one, and then I decided to use character sheets, so I had to go back and redo it. Any idea when I'm going to be able to go in and delete old campaigns? I mean, you can delete. It's You, you go to the campaign. So you've got to be in the campaign itself. And then once you're in the campaign, if you're the one who created it, you're able to delete the campaign. It's okay, but that's one of those things, like, I, I want to make certain that you get the right answer. So it'll ask you in giant buttons, do you want to delete this campaign? Yes, delete in red, oh, and cancel, no. This cannot be undone, uh, which is funny, because we get a, uh, these days, actually, there's been a rash of people deleting their campaigns and not believing us when it pops up that, do you really want to do this? <laughs> um, which is uh, not great and something that we're looking to fix. But, yeah, the the wiki page on campaign management uh, gives you nice graphics on where this is, uh, but it's on the left side of an individual campaign page. Got it. Okay. I will, again, you've got like to, I said, you I... You do have to be the creator of it to be able to do that, obviously, because you wouldn't want, you know... I created it. I've spent all this time as a GM creating this fabulous campaign. I invited somebody to my campaign... And they clicked the delete button. Uh, you can leave a game as a player, but otherwise, yeah, it's uh, it's up to you. Look at that! So I have successfully deleted one of those campaigns. Boom! This has been yet. super. <laughs> that's right. You, sir, are a gentleman in a school bus. But that's what I was saying. Like the 
education being a being a major part of what we found is you know the community grows like we want it to be easier for you to find the the tools to do that and every time something like this comes up where it's not easy it makes me go what are, what are we doing wrong and what can we do better to you know make that a simpler to bring <laughs> to bring that to you instead of you having to go find it but the wiki does a whole lot for us in regards to helping with some of that stuff but even there like um, you can't just search by question quite as clean as I would want. Maybe you uh, guys need to bring back Clippy from Microsoft. No. no. <laughs> Clippy in here, man. It can people be a love, D20. People love Clippy so much. <laughs> it can be a little D20 with googly eyeballs. Oh, <laughs> maybe. I, I'll never say never, but... Oh. <laughs> All right, so one of the questions we had for you last time um, was, you know, obviously Roll20 was being very successful. What would, what like, what's the next big thing you want to do? Well, we've kind of got there. That's mm -hmm. with the update of holding. And I think you, you mentioned that there's not an exact launch date yet, but you're looking January most likely. Is that correct? A quarter one. So I don't know if, I don't know if January will be accurate. I would expect my knock on wood hope is February, early February. But I don't know. Well, it's one of those things that, this is going to be tested. Like, we've got to put this through its paces with the mentors, make certain that everything works the way we want it to before it's just out to everybody. And so it'll depend. Like, if, if the mentors go and break the hell out of it really quickly, <laughs> so we can <laughs> yeah. get all the things that are wrong with it and get it fixed, that's great, and we can do a lot with that. But at the same time, if it takes a while to get people who can go in there and bust it up, and uh, it takes a while for us to find what all's busted, it could take a little bit longer. But I think we're getting better and better at doing that development-wise, and uh, it's exciting, too, because this will be the first big update that we're doing with our new developer. We just hired two new people in November, and so one of them being a, a, a new developer, which is great. It's so nice to have another programmer around. But, yeah, I think uh, quarter one 2015 is the safe answer for when it'll Okay. So let's say this goes off without a hitch. Uh, as before, and mm -hmm. money money's not an object. You you push your button, and something changes on roll twenty. What's the next big like dream that you want to have? I well, I would assume I'm almost ninety percent certain that what I actually said I wanted dream wise back then uh, m maintains for now, and that's better module content, more module content. And we did a whole lot this summer in terms of bringing in new modules, uh, but I'm greedy and I want more. Uh, I, I think it's one of those things that publishers don't fully realize or understand what they have available to them here, and then independent creators don't fully realize and understand what's available to them here. But we're seeing more and more, like, this summer, uh, Simple System is an RPG rule set that was tested in Roll20 primarily. Like, that's where, before the Dashing Inventor games uh, went to print with this, they realize, you know, it's cost-effective to do this in Rule20 where I can just, you know, if I don't like a deck, I delete it. And I reorganize it, and I do all the things that, you know, as you're creating a game physically, can add up uh, really quickly to, to cost. And so they launched it, they did a Kickstarter, and then it was available to users within Rule20 for purchase as well. And that's been really cool to do something like that. I think we're going to see more established publishing houses putting things out in Roll20 soon. As a matter of fact, I, I'd go so far as to say I know that one is mostly done and is coming very soon, and I'm so excited to make 
the announcement on that, but it's one of those things like when, when I was talking about publishers not fully understanding or, or being ready to do this yet, uh, the holdup right now on this is literally <laughs> we're trying to figure out rewriting a contract that talks about breaking print press materials. You know, because typically the, the person who's holding the license to make a book for them has to destroy the materials. Well, there's no print press that <laughs> we've got to destroy. Things like that that are, it's new ground for them. Uh, and we, since we have not done it with uh, a whole lot of large publishers yet, it's new ground for us to get those sorts of things in place. And so it, it's played some havoc with getting these things out. But yeah, this is, that's my wish, is to have more one-click, you as a GM go in, get the game, and have it running quickly, content. And uh, I'm hopeful that you know, we're definitely better off than the last time I was on, and I would assume <laughs> made this request of, of future me. And I am very hopeful that I will get my wish again, but even bigger and crazier. The answer I was looking for was Hollow Deck, but that's a good answer. <laughs> These are the things. All right. Uh, Caleb, you got any uh, last questions for Nolan? We'll let him go. He's, I'm sure he's got many things to do tonight. Man, I, I don't really have any last questions. I think we covered everything really well. You could rough me up some like this. I'm always, I'm always to be roughed up. Well, you know what? L let, me put, let me put this question out there. For our good friend of the show, Matt Parody. <laughs> Matt, I know where this is going. Matt uh -oh. Parody hates the roller. Okay. Like the... the <laughs> The GUI, the graphic user interface roller? No, he hates the fact that he always fails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. He thinks your quantum mechanics are biased against him because he really does have the worst luck in the system. That's the beauty of it. I think that means that we're doing it right. <laughs> Seriously, though. Because if you think about it, like, tell me you've never been at a table where somebody asked for a new set of dice. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. And, and, I, I, and that's the thing. Like, we look for patterns where there are none. And a, a truly random dice roller is going to produce some patterns that you go, oh, man, it's broken. It hates me. The system is ruined. And that's why we've been so crazy transparent about how we do it. Because we, we understand that inclination. But... Sorry, <laughs> it's it's not it's not screwing you over. You can go and look at you know what everybody else is, and I mean it's it's fun to see like on a random day that thirteens rolling you know a couple thousand higher than everything else, and go oh maybe there's maybe there's a conspiracy, but yeah, in in all honesty, you know it just it does as it does. It is a random source of entropy, and because of that, you will get random results, which sometimes means you're going to roll one six times in a row. <laughs> well, you know what? I think that just goes back to what you were saying earlier, Nolan, that you guys have really successfully just created tools to replicate your home gaming environment. The fact that those goofy, trendy things happen, it happens. It happens in real life. It happens in Roll20. Yeah. So sorry, <laughs> sorry, Matt. I, I know you're gonna listen to this, buddy, and I apologize. We fought for you, but go, go pull up the the quantum roll leaderboard, watch it, and you know get angry, and uh, as as you watch other people roll better than you. But you know, sometimes sometimes these things happen, and we're not it. It's funny. the The first real instance of somebody going absolutely ape about this was uh, live on Roleplay. You guys familiar with the the Roleplay? 
Twitch streaming series. Uh, I'm not. So it's a, it's a fairly big thing. It's a bunch of uh, pro gaming personalities that play us on Twitch, and they were playing a D&D game, and there was a character that, you know, they had, like, three saving throws, and they crit failed all of them and died. <laughs> and I think there was something... When this happened, I want to say there was something like 4,000 people watching this game live. <laughs> and people just... You know, they flipped chairs. Like, this character that everybody loved had been murdered by Roll20. <laughs> and it was one of those things that it, it made us go, all right, well, we want to show... You know, we want to show our work. And so we have continued uh, to do that more and more. And uh, The quantum role is the, the craziest extension of that. But, you know, now our source of entropy is derived from quantum fluctuations of a beam of light or something. I mean, just absolutely nuts, the formula that we're using to get the, the variable and to put out the leaderboard there even. Like, is one of the, like how, how nuts is that that we're doing that? But it's fun, and it's, I, I think it's one of those things that it's great to have and great to be able to point people to. And you know, the, the reasonable folks out there will understand, and the unreasonable ones will grab a different dice bag, and that's totally fine. <laughs> like, so be it. So you, you heard it here, folks. Nolan Jones told Matthew Parody to go crit fail. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But you know what? That those quantum mechanics that give us those d20 rolls, that's where the holodeck is going to start. It is. So that's right. You also heard it here, folks. Roll 20 <laughs> will eventually be the holodeck because of your dice roller. That's going to be fun. So subscribe. Give them more yes. money so they can get on that faster. <laughs> All right. So we usually wrap up our uh, interviews by asking our guests to give one piece of advice to a new player or GM. We've already hit you with that question. So we'll modify it slightly. What would advice would you give to a new DM or player on Roll20? Like, what's the what's really the first thing they should do besides looking for a game? Because we know that's a separate issue. They got a game. What's the first thing they should do? Watch a video or read a wiki. Um, I, I think it does so much. Like, there's official videos that we've done. There's videos that other folks, like uh, Dave Middleton with Tabletopping, um, all sorts of people have done guides how to use us, including us. Watch one. Well, I mean, when you get into the interface for the first time as either a GM or a player, a video pops up to show you how to use the interface. Take the five minutes, or I think it's eight minutes as a GM to watch that video. Maybe run around the wiki a little bit if you've got questions, but by doing that, you're going to save yourself a little bit of time down the line by having us spell out for you. Here's what you can do. Here's where you can find it. It really is helpful, and I think that it's... Uh, it's a worthwhile thing to do. I mean, same as anything, if you take a little bit of time and read the instruction manual, you'll always figure out something new. There's nothing wrong with not doing it, but you know, if you want to be the expert, that's how. Excellent. Well, thank you for that, sir. We do appreciate your time, uh, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again when you're ready to announce the holodeck. Absolutely. That's the next step. This to holodeck. <laughs> One jump. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just... See you guys in 2060. Uh, it's been, you know, twice a year to every few decades. The first, the first program you make damn well better be a smoky bar in France where I can play the trombone. I, I, well, I, I think a smoky bar is probably the best. You have to have that ad adventurer's meeting at a tavern set oh, up sure. anyway. So, I mean, we might as well make it a French bar that's... Yeah, And Caleb does have the Riker beard going, so it, it's a good fit. So, again, thank you very much, sir, for your time, Thanks and for we will talk to you later. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks, Nolan.
Well, thank you to those of you who did stick around. We have several what we think are very exciting announcements for things that are going to happen with the RPG Academy in 2015. The first of which we want to announce is our Gen Con contest. And that is going to be a way for you, our dear listener, to win a no-expense paid trip to Gen Con. Now, what you may ask exactly is a no-expense paid trip to Gen Con. Essentially, we are going to give away one four-day badge to Gen Con. So we are not including hotel, travel, accommodations, or ticket prices, or anything else. But if you are planning on going to Gen Con, we're going to give you a ticket to go. Uh, You also, as a listener, will be invited to any RPG Academy events, the exclusive events that we are going to hold. We haven't quite figured those out yet, but there will be at least one. Essentially, it's a $75 value uh, for being a listener and, and participating in our contest. And Caleb, what is that contest, and how do they enter, and how do they win? All right, guys, uh, the contest is what we are calling What's in a Name? Here's how you enter. We have, I think, about 200 episodes of the podcast over the the past few years here. Uh, Actual plays, table topics, interviews. Uh, We've got a lot out there. Your contest entry, uh, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to rename one of our episodes. Uh, Essentially what we're asking you to do is take a listen to any of our episodes, you've got a bunch to listen to, and come up with a better name than Michael did in his five-hour energy-induced stupor in his basement. There is no limit to the number of times you can enter. Well, there's a limit of the number of podcasts, but beyond that, you can enter for every single podcast if you want, but you can only submit one name for each podcast that's out there. But feel free to submit one for every single podcast if you want. Uh, What we will do is we will assemble all of those names. We will put them into a voting pool uh, like we did for the 13th Age game last year. And we'll put that pool up on the website and submit that out for public approval. So beyond listening to the show and coming up with some new goofy names, once we get that listed, you want to get all of your friends and family members and whatever hobos with a Twitter account that you choose to bribe to jump online and vote for your submission. We will, of course, have more details on the website uh, when everything becomes available, but uh, get those uh, creative gears turning and uh, listen to some old shows. Have some fun. Um, depending on how many entries we get, we're going to pick some of our favorites, and those are what will go up on the website as the poll. So if we get a 1,000 entries, we're not going to put all 1,000 up. We'll, we will pick probably our top 10. If we get 13 entries, it'll probably be the top three. So the more entries we get, the the bigger the overall poll will be. And then again, it will be basically public opinion. We'll put it out there. Uh, people will vote. Whichever one gets the most votes gets the prize. Uh, we're still looking at our time frames, but you will definitely have your badge in time to register for events. I think the event registration goes live in May, so the contest will definitely have to end before that, but we're still going to work through those details. And if you want to go ahead and get those entries going, send us an email, podcast at therpgacademy.com, and put in the subject of your email, what's in a name? And please make sure you include some way to get a hold of you, email, Twitter handle, whatever social media you use. And please list the uh, number of the episode, the original name, 
and your new name. I know that's a lot to ask, but we're giving you a badge to Gen Con, so shut up and do it. <laughs> and then just the last thing, on the the rare happenstance that we were to get two submissions that were exactly the same, we will not pick that one. So even if it's the best one, if two people just by chance so say this this episode should be called this and it's essentially the same exact, then those will be get disqualified just because we can't give out two badges. We're, we're not that rich. In fact, we're kind of poor. Yes, we're very poor. I'm actually recording... I'm recording this at a McDonald's so I can steal their Wi-Fi. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so that is the first of our cool, new, exciting announcements. Caleb, what is our second big announcement? Our second big announcement, Michael, is that we are revamping, rebooting, if you choose the movie vernacular, our Patreon campaign. What? What? Yes, it's shocking. It's scary. We're bringing in a whole new cast. It's mostly previous Power Rangers and uh, and and that one kid from that one show who who you hated. I'm sorry, but he was the right one. He was the right man for the job. He was cheap too, and he was really cheap. He works at McDonald's. He's right <laughs> over here. He's bringing he's been bringing me quarter pounders all night. This is awesome. That just got dirty. Oh, damn it! Well, there you go, Headmaster. <laughs> so yes, we are revamping our Patreon campaign. It's still, it's still going strong. We're not taking anything away. What we wanted to do, and to be honest, guys, Michael and I, we didn't know what we were doing when we launched the Patreon campaign last year. No clue. No clue. No clue. So there's been a lot of trial and error. Uh, we love you all for sticking with us through this, this period of learning. And it, it goes without saying, but we appreciate you guys so much for being part of our little hobby here, for being part of our projects that we're so passionate about. So what we've done, we spent a lot of time talking about it, and we, we figured out a new way to uh, revamp the Patreon campaign in a way that we feel is better for you guys in what you get out of it, and it's also better for us in that it frees us up to have a little more time to focus on some new projects and put a little bit more effort into what we know you guys like our actual pace, our table topics, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, the what the new Patreon campaign page should be live as of this recording going up. So please head on over to patreon.com slash the RPG Academy and check it out. Uh, if you are currently a patron, you are getting grandfathered in. Nothing is changing for you. If you want to change a pledge to a different level, obviously you have that. But if the pricing or you know the donation level has changed, you are staying the same. So that we're not forcing anyone to change. Uh, but we are adding in some new stuff, uh, which hopefully will be cool. And you guys may want to check that out. If you are not yet a patron, uh, please head over there and check it out and see if there's something that you could do. Any money that we receive from the Patreon campaign is going directly back into the show. We've already bought some new equipment and we are looking at putting a con budget together for this year to try to go to Origins and Gen Con and uh, be, able to do, be able to do some cool stuff. And honestly, like even the contest, the, the Gen Con badge is probably going to come out of the Patreon money. So you're helping us turn around and, and help you guys as well. Absolutely. Uh, guys, you know this. Michael and I do this out of our love for the game, and we are turning that right around in, uh, and giving it back to you guys. So anything that you are willing to give us through Patron, even if it's just a one-time pledge, if it's a monthly pledge, if it's anything you want to do, it all gets put right back into the show itself, whether it's equipment, software, something new for the website, some new microphones or headsets, 
literally we are not screwing around with this money. <laughs> we are just using it to make a better product for you guys. So getting off the soapbox, spiel aside, I think what is exciting to tell you guys is that as we are freeing up some time to work on new projects, one of those projects, and I will leave that foreshadowing there for the other projects I'm not telling you about, one of those projects is a, a module that Michael and I are going to put together for you. We've been talking about uh, printed and produced modules for a really long time, and uh, we've got some good ideas that we're scrapping together, and as we go into the new year, uh, we are going to be putting that together for you. It might be physical, it might be digital, but if you didn't know, Michael and I both want to be writers when we grow what? up. What? Oh, you didn't know that, Michael? I never no, told you? No, I didn't know that about you. That is so weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just something I've always wanted to do since I've been a little kid. Oh, wow. I, well, I'm hoping that I can help make your dream a reality and you can make my dream a reality. And uh, part of it... And it just got dirty again. It just got again. dirty again. Uh, another of the patron levels will be to help us play test it. So as we put encounters together, and we're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we might just throw a quick Saturday three-hour session together, pull from our patrons, and say, let's role-play it out, and then use your feedback to uh, to make it better and make it hopefully uh, playable. But that is not our biggest announcement. Caleb, what is the biggest announcement we have for the RPG Academy rolling into 2015? Our final announcement here tonight is that Coming into 2015, the RPG Academy is growing and expanding once again and is becoming the RPG Academy Network. What? what? Bum, bum, bum. Yes, guys, what we, are, what we started here, what Michael started here, uh, is nothing new. There are tons of other podcasts and websites about the role-playing game hobby out there in the world. Ever since we started doing this show, we have become involved in this little community. You've heard a ton of people that we've talked to, that we've done interviews with, uh, we've been on their shows. We interact with these people every day on social media, over email, and it's always about the hobby and about doing something better on the podcast. So what Michael has set forth here for 2015 is to evolve our little family and include some new people. Uh, so we'll, we will be bringing in some carefully vetted podcasts and websites. There is no change in our production or in their production. Uh, instead, we are simply saying, hey, we are a network. We are an approved group of people who all have similar products and mindsets and goals. We like them, they like us, we hung out, we like each other, you should listen to them. Absolutely. It's just going to be a loose affiliation of websites and podcasts and, and sites that we think do sort of the same thing we do, but maybe in a different way. We don't want to just have clones of ourselves. There's, other, there's a lot of shows that do kind of what we do, and, and there's some that are really good. Some are better than us. Some are not quite as good as us. But we don't want to necessarily bring people in that are just us redone, but we want to help expand what we do and, and help you guys find other content that you that you may enjoy. And there's a lot of podcasts, I'll be honest, that we would love to have in our network, but they're already part of other networks. You know, and that doesn't mean we don't love them, but they've already gotten an affiliation, um, you know, and, and we're not going to stop talking about those. Cthulhu and Friends, we love those guys. NPC Cast, we love those guys. One Shot, we love those guys. But they're already part of networks that uh, it doesn't make sense for them to necessarily join ours. 
but that doesn't mean that we don't love them and we don't support them. Uh, but we are going to announce we're going to launch with two other sites that are going to be part of our network, and we are going to be looking for others. And so if you listen to another podcast or if you go to a website or there's a YouTube channel or something that you do that you think fits the mindset of what we're trying to do here at the RPG Academy and, and be an envoy into this hobby, uh, an ambassadorship to get people into it and feel comfortable and feel valued and, and have fun around their table with their friends, virtual or otherwise, please let us know and we will reach out to those. But uh, Caleb, what is the podcast that we are adding to the RPG Academy network? Uh, we are bringing in our uh, good friend across the pond, RPG Gamer Dad podcast, and I kind of wish I had uh, his little reverb there that uh, that he spins in his shows. <laughs> yep. So his podcast is pretty new, uh, all things considered, but I I have been super impressed with what he's done, and I think he definitely has a voice that I want to see continue to grow in our hobby. I love the interactions he has with his children. Audio quality of his is top-notch. The music he produces is top-notch. And, um, you know, all this is, is, again, our stamp of approval on his show, which we've already given. But uh, this is just sort of a another way that we're going to do that. So there will be links in our show or our webpage to his um, podcast, and he will do the same thing for us. And then what is the other site that we are bringing into the RPG Academy Network at launch? Uh, at launch, we are also partnering up with Gamersplane. Dot com. What is gamersplane.com? Uh, well, it's a it, it's a decommissioned 747 uh, that flies back and forth, uh, escorting gamers across the world and country. Uh, there's tables and couches on there, lots of dice, uh, and a McDonald's. Uh, holy shit, I wish that was true. <laughs> <laughs> Gamersplane is a website uh, that is devoted to play-by-post games, which is something I have been a fan of for a really long time, and I am very excited uh, with having an official RPG Academy home for play-by-post. Yeah, and we, uh, part of our patron milestones and rewards, if, for those of you who have checked that out, will be to run some play-by-post games, which we will do exclusively through Gamers Plane. So uh, if you are a patron at a level that, that you're going to participate, that's where we're going to do it. And you will probably be dealing with me quite a bit. Most likely it'll be Caleb just because he's more comfortable with that. But I might dabble. I might uh, take over for a while or maybe for a couple scenes. But we'll just have to see how that plays out. So that's what we're doing at launch. We have a couple other sites that we are in negotiations with and talking to. I mean, obviously, there is no money associated. If, if you know our patrons, any donations you give to us stay with us. If these other sites do the same thing or they get donations, they keep their money. We are not combining resources or finances. This is really just sort of a loose affiliation of uh, recognition and promotion that our stamp of approval on these sites, and they feel the same way about us, and we want you to check them out. You should check out their sites, and if you do, let them know that we sent you. So th that's it. Th well, that's not actually it. There's other things that we're working on, but we're not ready to announce those yet. But again, our Gen Con contest is live as of January 1st. The new patron Patreon campaign is live as of January 1st, and the RPG Academy Network is live as of January 1st. So please enjoy your new year, and we look to continually update you with some cool stuff that we're doing. And yet again, as Caleb said, we do this because we love it. Uh, this has become a, a part-time job for me, which I don't really make any money other than through the Patreon campaign. Uh, also, our Amazon link, if you buy something from Amazon, you can help us out there. I do it because I love it. I have fun with it, and I'm a closet narcissist, and I think I'm funny, and I think people listen to me, they'll think I'm funny. 
Well, if we just played all your outfits. <laughs> no, those will never see the light of day. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, at this point, uh, this episode's ran a little bit long, but we still have one last business we have to take care of. We have some new, very gracious five-star reviews on iTunes that we want to read uh, to recognize the people that took time to write us uh, the, the, the glowing words that make us feel good, and they also help us in the iTunes algorithms. Because I am loopy as shit right now, Caleb's going to take over and read all of these in his Jamaican accent. Uh, no. I will read them, but not in Jamaican. Oh, God. All right. Fine. All righty, guys. So our first uh, review here that we are going to read tonight comes from user Pachetra, and here is what that person says. This podcast might have saved me from a midlife crisis ten years down the road. There I was, sliding gracelessly into middle age, having surrendered my former friends and fandoms to struggle up some professional ladder. And there I'd have stayed had I not quite coincidentally stumbled into the RPG Academy podcast. This podcast revived my love for RPGs. Michael and Caleb present material for new and returning DMs in a positive and supporting light. After a few episodes, I had the courage to ask my professional non-gamer friends to join me in killing orcs and goblins. Much to my surprise, it went great, and I've relied on the Table Topics series since. I've learned a lot from their discussion and actual play converge of classic and indie role-playing systems. Caleb and Michael cover more than just role-playing. They've exposed me to movies, comics, TV series, conventions, blogs, and other podcasts. I've had the opportunity to kick them a couple of bucks on Patreon, and even the privilege of participating in an actual play podcast. So if you're like me, if your only chance for social challenges and political intrigue is from work, then consider this an antidote. And considering who wrote that, I'm very impressed and grateful. <laughs> me as well. Uh, in all fairness, this is Scott, who is now basically part of the family. He's uh, participated in a couple of table topics. He has participated in our actual plays. Uh, he's played um, uh, Tidibiake Martin de Jesus on our fate games he plays uh Thidel in our 13th age games um so he's a friend of the show so in all fairness but we still scott thank you so much for taking the time wonderful words and uh we we appreciate your contributions to our side and we thank you for taking the time to write a review absolutely and we didn't pay you at nope. all uh our next review comes from dm invictus and here is what dm invictus says a straightforward podcast with good dynamics and a great community. Interviews with other podcasters, filmmakers, and gaming designers and software developers. They often have insights into some behind-the-scenes in a myriad of all things RPG. Actual plays with a variety of players and DMs slash GMs in a variety of systems. Gives good feeling of what actual gaming is like. Parenthesis, different styles and methods. Close parenthesis. Table topic episodes full of information and discourse on all sorts of inspirational tools a listener can take to their games. Synergy episodes giving a good example of how easy inspiration is to find and implement. 
parentheses, including actual plays based off their story concepts, close parentheses. And a fantastic community involvement from movie reviews with patrons going up on the podcast to a yearly convention full of wonderful people, a friendly and positive group of friends. All of this can be easily summed up with the best tagline in the gaming community, simply put as it reminds everyone of why we all do this, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Signed, DM Invictus, Eric. Once again, Eric, thank you so much. Eric is one of our patrons. Um, he is donating at a level where we are running a game for him and a couple of his friends. And uh, I would say, you know, he has moved beyond patron to friend. Uh, he was able to join us at our first actual convention, a catacon, which is what he mentioned on there. Got to hang out and game with him. He's a great guy. His group is fantastic. So even though he's sort of a friend of the show at this point, I still really appreciate you taking the time to write that review. Eric, and uh, I'll try not to kill your character. But Eric, I gotta say, you are the worst player of werewolf <laughs> in the entire world. Or is he a genius? No, it's worse. I actually whispered out loud during the game, I'm, I'm worse than he is. I actually said out loud who we should kill during the werewolf phase. He's not worse than I am. Yes. Uh, but, Michael... You actually looked at your card. <laughs> so I knew I was a werewolf. I guess that's the difference. So you knew what you were doing. <laughs> Love you, buddy. But uh, Eric, I'm never playing werewolf with you again. <laughs> Until next year at a catacomb. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> uh, our final five-star review on iTunes is from uh, a listener labeled as great to listen to. Listening to the many campaign runs are just the kind of stuff I want to listen to during my workout or when I'm on my way to work. Thanks for the entertainment. Uh, well, sir, or madam, you are quite welcome. So it's actually a sir. This is from, oh, this is from Chad. Uh, he did not put his name in the review, but uh, he's been talking to me on Google. I, I do post all of our episodes on multiple social sites, and uh, he, uh, he has been replying back uh, through Google Plus page. So, Chad... Thank you so much for, for listening. I also try to listen to podcasts when I work out, sometimes our own, because I'm a narcissist, as I mentioned before, uh, but often others. So I'm glad that we can help motivate you uh, to do your workout. So thank you, as everyone else, for taking the time to write us a review. If you would like to have your review read, all you have to do is write one, uh, either on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Leave us a five-star review, and we will awkwardly read it at the end of an episode. Or in my case, not so awkward. Yeah, you were much better at it than I was. but. The sultry sounds of my voice <laughs> coming to you over the airway. But if it was in your Jamaican um, accent, it would have been better. Hey, man, did Jamaican accent not that good for long-term reading? I and I use up the slang I know so quick up to Zion. Hey. Oh, what, about, what about your Cockney? Oh, well, you know, I can do the Cockney pretty well. Mostly when I've listened to Doctor Who a whole lot, but I haven't done that in a while, so I'm a little bit rusty. Russian. Vodka. <laughs> and, and soup. Mother Russia. Um, <laughs> in, in, in Russian RPG, D20 roll you. <laughs> and on that note. And that's the sign that Michael has been up for far too far long. Far too long. So once again, thank you guys so much for everything you do, for listening to us. Um, this will be our January 15 uh, episode. So this is sort of like the year in wrap up for me. It's been crazy. The, the website is continuing to grow every month. We are growing significantly over the month before can't thank you guys enough so just keep doing what you're doing listen 
comment on the website. I know it seems silly, but we do live for even just a quick comment on the website. Hey, like this episode, or you mention a character's name, or you talk about something that happened in the game. It it really does help motivate us and gives us the energy to continue to do this, which again, has become like a part-time job for us. We do spend a lot of our own personal time doing this, but we do it because we love it. We love you guys for listening and supporting us, whether it be through Patreon or just, again, the comment, the five-star review, or just listening, because I look at the downloads daily, so I know how many people are downloading each episode, and when it goes up, that makes me very, very happy, so we appreciate all that. Uh, we will be doing a, a year recap. Uh, I usually do these on the Facebook page, and we'll cover you know, how we've grown, what our most downloaded episode is, and all, all that kind of cool stuff. So uh, please check us out on all of our various social media sites. We don't need to cover them because our outro will do that. Uh, but for me, have a very happy holiday. Have a happy new year. And I look forward to seeing all of you uh, in the new year. Caleb, any last words from you? Yes, I look forward to you doing more Air Bunny quotes on the video stream that no one <laughs> sees because it's funny. Uh, but no, seriously, guys, uh, this has been a fantastic year for what we have done. Real life aside, being part of this show, meeting all of you, talking to all of you, putting this together for all of you has been really, really fantastic. I'm so lucky uh, to be part of all of this. I, I, I really want to put my, my heart and soul into what we do in 2015. There's been so many times that Michael and I have just had a text message or a conversation about what we want this show and this brand to become. And I want it to happen more than anything, guys. <laughs> um, you talking to us, interacting with us, giving us feedback, just showing us love, support, and encouragement, that means the world to me. Michael said it. I'll keep saying it. Thank you, thank you, thank you just for being here and watching us grow and develop and fumble and stumble and make a fool of ourselves. But we do it because we love it and we love you guys. So... 2014 has been a good year for the show. Uh, I can confidently say that 2015 is going to be even better. So stay tuned, buckle up, and uh, to quote one of my favorite movies that is having a relaunch this year, hold on to your butts. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Caleb, and good night. Thanks for attending the RPG Academy and listening to our podcast. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. This podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash the RPG Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We will use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out numerous ways. One, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, or you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Also, if you clear your cookies and then visit Amazon or drive through RPG through our portal, we get a kickback from your orders, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like an RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com. 
or you can reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google+. We are there under the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>